Hello and welcome to the Business of Property podcast. I'm Stuart. And I'm Simon. We're both property people running our own businesses and this podcast is just us chatting, as most of you would know, about anything and everything property. And this week, we thought we'd just start with a couple of updates, Simon. So you were in the throes of selling your property. And the last time we spoke on podcast, there was a damp survey. And we usually all know what's coming down the pipe when that happens, that there's going to be an element of negotiation. So so this is going to be news to me as well. So can you, can you share with us what's happening? Certainly can. And uh, I'm very pleased to report that it was better news than expected, which um, is, well, rare, I think. <laughs> um, the damp survey went ahead and came back as, yes, there is some damp, but it was more minor than the the sort of first more general survey suggested it might be. And most critically for, for our buyer, they concluded that it the, the remedial work would be something that could be done while the property was was being lived in, which was the, the main thing our buyer was was concerned about. So they have come back and said the the damp's not a problem. Let's carry on and um all, all is good. They'll they'll sort it out afterwards and they there was no no mention of a, a renegotiation at all. Amazing. Indeed. Although we think um, well, I, th- I think there's sort of perhaps two elements to that. One is that our, our buyer has now completed on their sale. So they are currently in temporary accommodation. So they're quite keen to to progress with the purchase and, and get that completed, in fact. And the other thing is that property prices, well, property prices in most of the country, actually, but property prices particularly in, in the area where this, this house is, seem to have been going up in the last two, three months since the, the sale process started. And hence, if we were to, or if there was to be a, a renegotiation, sort of a rocking of the boat, there's potential actually that we could turn around and say, well, actually, the property might be worth 25,000 more now. So, um, so maybe we should renegotiate the other way. <laughs> and we would actually have a, a reasonable sort of leg to stand on for, for that argument. So, so I think perhaps the the buyer is, is aware of that, and and hence is is not uh, not wanting to to open that potential can of worms too much. Well, I, th- I think the big one is obviously the stamp duty holiday, and any any fly in the ointment. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm in two minds about this. So, from the buyer's point of view, the they if we carry on with this sale, or in fact, from, from everyone's point of view, if we carry on with this sale. We are currently in a good position, actually, probably to complete before Christmas. And even if it wasn't before Christmas because we had to renegotiate or whatever, we'd still be looking at completing well within the, the deadline for the stamp duty holiday. However, if we had to go back to market, then you're absolutely right. We, whoever our new buyers would be, would be at significant risk of not making it in time for that, that stamp duty holiday. So, so we would we would certainly be taking a risk. I think if we we tried to push the the, the sort of renegotiation or any renegotiation in the other direction, because of course our, our sort of backup plan is oh well we'll go back to the market which is now higher than it was, but of course that that may not um, last very long at all as as the deadline looms looms harder. So so yes, I I 
I don't know. I'm I'm not going to overthink it though. <laughs> Damp survey came back positively. Yeah, it's good news. Um, our sale is carrying on. Our buyer is keen to progress fairly quickly, hopefully completion before Christmas. The other element to this, of course, is that we have a tenant in the property um, and we've been, been talking to, to them and they are actually buying themselves. So that's been, been progressing. And in fact, I think actually at this point they have exchanged and I think they might have actually completed by now or it's, it's any day now, basically, their, their completion. So, so that's all set. They've um, told us when they're going to actually move out. They're going to have a little bit of an overlap between the their, their rental of, of our property and the, the purchase of their new property. So they can obviously do a bit of take a bit of time moving and, and cleaning and bits and bobs. But that's all lining up quite nicely. It's it's looking good. Um, the property will be empty and and ready for for our buyer and. We should be all set to, to go ahead, which is all excellent news. And then I opened a spreadsheet and um, started looking at uh, the, the sort of financial elements of this. And the the, the thing I was looking at was sort of what it's going to what what this sale is going to cost. And with solicitors, uh, agent fees, and um, of course the, the the dreaded capital gains tax. Between my, my brother and I, we're going to be looking at a, a sale cost over a hundred thousand pounds, over one hundred and twenty thousand pounds, which is uh, which is quite quite a lot. So, the, most of this is due to capital gains and the fact that we've owned this property for a long time. So, the capital gains is is quite big, and hence capital gains tax is quite big. But it also got me thinking that if we'd if we had had a high loan to value mortgage on this property and we were selling it at this point. We could actually be quite easily in a situation where our cost of sales would eat up more than the equity we had in the property, which is uh, quite a quite a scary thought and something that uh, that I'd never really sort of considered keeping an eye on before, making sure that that the the equity after selling expenses and capital gains tax, making sure that that is actually high enough to to, to cover everything. So yeah, yeah interesting, but. Um, Yes, an expensive sale, but uh, but in the end, worth it. And we will be starting the new year looking for for new property to invest in. Yeah, it's um it's something we've looked at quite a lot recently because of the the flat we're selling. But we we have always had half an eye on the CGT because of because of the value that it's increased by. The uh, have you had an accountant work out your CGT yet? No. At the moment, this is just sort of back of an envelope or, or back of a spreadsheet calculations, just uh, done by myself. Yeah, well, um, you probably need my wife because she she worked out ours on the flat we're selling, and I then got the accountant to do it, and I think she was something like four hundred pounds out on on what we were doing. So she she can obviously do Pretty it. Close. I, I suppose the flip side is obviously if you're paying a lot of CGT, that's a lot of increase. So. It's uh, it's it's a double edged sword, isn't it? It's it's good increase. It's always well, it's an eye watering amount, full stop. But it's always painful when it's going straight to uh, Mister Taxman. Yeah, quite. It's um, yes, as you say, uh, a, a big chunk to to take off the off the top of the, the money we're getting back. 
but anyway, it's it's still still worthwhile and still enabling us to to reinvest and find something that that has a, a higher return. And you own that fifty fifty with your brother. Yep, yep. Indeed. So you both get at least those tax saving saving shared your your tax allowances and. Yes, indeed. We we get to take advantage of of two lots of capital gains tax relief and and what have you. So so yes, it's it's not it's not bad. And and indeed, I mean, pe- paying tax on on income effectively is uh, is how how the world works. So it's um, it's not to be unexpected or 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 disastrous really. But uh, no. yeah, the numbers just sound big. <laughs> yeah, it just doesn't make it any less painful, unfortunately. Well. Um... On my update, unfortunately, is is not as good. Well, it's not it's not good news at all. So we were in the throes of selling our studio flat, which we'd agreed a figure of two hundred and fifty thousand on, and that was with an investor buyer. And they have had that the bank value it, and the bank has valued it at two hundred and thirty thousand. So that's left the buyer and ourselves in a bit of a situation because. I guess the big challenge for me about this is that a surveyor has come along and said, we don't value this property at, at the purchase price, which for me really goes against the market force because at that stage, the market has agreed that that is the price because we are selling it for a price which someone has agreed upon. Therefore, in my inexperienced eyes, that is the value, that is the market value. And we also know because it's uh, one of, six flats in an old victorian building that with a previous one having sold for 260,000 nearly a couple of years ago albeit a couple of years ago we know that we are in the perfectly in the right ballpark and there's another flat for sale in the in the building which is not as nice as ours at all which is about 10,000 priced about 10,000 lower so we know we're 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 well in the right ballpark mm. so it's so it's been a frustration. We have we did have a bit of a negotiation on it, and that unfortunately the vendor seems to have disappeared. So, uh, not the vendor, we're the vendors. The the buyer has now just gone MIA, which is which is strange because immediately they they did offer more than what the bank had valued for it. Insofar as they said, well, we will pay you an extra XK outside of this which we negotiated on and said look we will meet you at this point i don't want to share all the details no no fair for, enough. for obvious reasons at this point in time which we came back with what we thought was a fair offer but sadly we've now found ourselves back on the market because the the potential buyer has has disappeared and again the agent probably hasn't covered themselves in huge amounts of glory because we've had to do a lot of chasing and I accept that that's probably around the fact that the buyer has gone MAA, but a few decisions got made without sort of communicating with us, which which we weren't overly happy with. But look, it's a negative situation, and at least the agent has has been proactive in in getting this back on the market ASAP. So, but obviously, given where we're at pre Christmas, we're not overly overly hopeful of, of yeah. movement. It's a bit frustrating, isn't it? But um, I, I've I've seen lots of things in in the property press of late, though, saying that the property market is is still booming, and there hasn't been a a sort of regular pre Christmas slowdown yet, mm. um, which is strange because it goes contrary to to what Emma was talking to us about uh, recently, and uh, it it also seems to go 
contrary to sort of what I'm seeing in in terms of fewer properties coming onto the market and more properties seeing sort of price reductions and things. So I um, I, I I don't I don't know what what to believe really. There's uh, there's conflicting indicators. I've always found it frustrating. Obviously, it's 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 acutely frustrating when you're in at the coal face and you're about to sell a property. And of course, I'm not going to be particularly objective on it at this point in time, but it does frustrate me because I think even if you're trying to bake in some so, and be conservative on your valuation, on this particular purchase, we know that the, low, the loan to value was quite low. And let's say we know it was under 75%. So assuming it was around 65, which, which is where I think it was 65 or 70 the bank's exposure is lower than typically would be on a on a purchase anyway so they've already got that they know that the that the purchaser is, is in for at least 30 percent of that value and of course they've got a first charge mortgage so if the world ends and property prices crash then you know they're still in a very good position the property itself as i've said on this podcast 101 times is you know it's a great little property in a fantastic location we went there on the weekend with the kids to we checked out the property empty the the tenant had already left because of everything that's going on so we just walked around it make sure it happened tenants treated it really well and where the property is we then walked and we're five minutes we're walking along the Thames with the kids so it's it's a beautiful location in Kingston right near the train station as well so for for a valuer to come along and say no we we're going to value this more than 10% lower than what someone's agreed a price on, even though there's recent sales, is is very hard to stomach. But stomach it, we have to. It just seems so arbitrary as well, doesn't it? Because as you say, the evidence seems to support your your price. You've you've got comparables sold not that long ago. You've got another comparable on the market for a similar amount. Um, and then, of course, most significantly, you've got someone having offered mm. your your price and and um actually sort of committed to to that valuation and then for a a bank valuer to come along presumably with instructions to to be as pessimistic as possible to, to come along and arbitrarily knock a chunk off it's um yes yes not, uh, not ideal <laughs> it's it's not and it, it gets frustrating because the longer i work with with banks and of course, I still have to work with them, so I should probably <laughs> shouldn't be too um, derogatory. But sometimes common sense and logic leaves the window. And and again, I've worked with some good banks and some in inverted commas smaller banks that have been a bit more flexible. But when it comes to certain points and they're immovable on things like this, it just it doesn't it defies logic. But as we know in the property game, these are the sort of things that you have to be able to accept swallow and move forward and that's that's what we're doing so we've just gone straight back on the market and we'll uh we'll keep marching forward yeah is it um has it been on long enough to see if there's been any uh interest yet or or is it too early days it's it's probably too early we, we probably need to check in today to find out if there's been any new interest on it but with, with regards to what emma said and what we've heard before we know that there's now a big push from from boxing day onwards as well so hopefully we'll benefit from that and hopefully someone would want to benefit from that stamp duty holiday and fingers crossed they won't use the, want to use the same bank <laughs> yeah indeed and you were 
yeah, you you are going to be testing the the stamp duty holiday deadline, aren't you? Very much. Some um, you're going to be trying to trying to start and finish within within the three month sort of average completion time. So, mm. well, unless you unless you manage to get get an offer later in December, then you have slightly over three months. But uh, but yeah, yeah. And, and and there, I guess it moves on to the, the more macro factors about what will happen to the property market post stamp duty, because my view would be if if there is no movement in January, it's not, obviously not going to happen pre. So do we take it off and then put it back on, you know, in at the end of February or beginning of March, just so just so everyone's clear that it's because. Unlike some properties that we've viewed or have looked at, we haven't baked in savings into the purchase price. We are selling it for the price that we think it's valued at. And therefore, there is a very real term saving for, for any potential purchaser, unlike properties that I've looked at for myself, where we were even told quite overtly, well, the, the price is an extra 13K because we're... Because- we we want the money that you would have paid to the tax man instead, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and the rationale was that well, it's fine because you're not paying it and you're borrowing money, so you don't have to worry about it. <laughs> so yeah, as is a very so the price, as far as I'm concerned, will not change. Of course, the market the market might say different, but in based on location, I, I don't see that. Yeah, I, I wonder what the what the banks are are trying to build in with these down valuations, whether whether they really think. The, the the coming recession is going to cause a, a market crash or whether they think ongoing COVID problems are just going to slow the market or whether they think the the deadline from stamp duty is going to cause a, a real problem. I mean, I, I think most of these potentials will probably have sort of counterbalances taken by, by the government and things to try and maintain the property market through them um i I mean presumably the banks are are considering that and coming down on uh, with the conclusion that those countermeasures just aren't going to be enough Mm. jim yeah or if you're going to be uber if you're going to be uber cynical you could argue that maybe they are just putting the brakes on sales going through at, at the highest level just trying to mitigate I don't see that in this particular instance, but there is an argument to say from what I've seen, what you've seen anecdotally that, and from what Emma has told us about how busy we we all know the market will be where they're just trying to put the brakes on it. And that uber conservative valuations are just part of that people, you know, trying to slow everything down. Yeah, but if they... Mm. I'm not even sure why they would want to slow it down. I mean, is is that because they're wanting to lend less money? Is it because they're wanting to reduce the load on their their staff? Is it? I mean, I don't I don't understand how that makes sense. Why would you want to slow the market down in such a way that you're actually cutting yourself off from from potential business as these these various sales inevitably fall through a bit? Or if they don't fall through? All of these valuations, these lower valuations, trickle through into the the stats and the market and the sentiment, and and they actually forcibly create a, a reduction in in the property mm. values. Yes, yeah, so um, I'm confused. I, I, I think <laughs> I think it would be more all more around them not wanting to to make mistakes. So saying 
and I'm not sure, you know, there's directives that say, right, value it 10%. I'm not, I'm not being that cynical. I don't think there's necessarily that um, going on. But to be more conservative, because at a time where there is so much going through and we know that it's very hard to get a 90% mortgage because the banks are becoming more risk averse, and it's just a function of that saying, if we've got so much to do, what we don't want to do is put ourselves in a, in a position in a year's time where we've got a lot of finance on the books that, worst case scenario, in certain areas, if the values did drop by 5%, let's say 5% for argument's sake, where all of a sudden they're in a situation where there could be potentials for negative equity or in situations where people are in difficult difficult circumstances so but yeah you and i can only speculate we have we have no idea really no indeed and um and it's the future so so nobody really has any idea how it's actually going to turn out (laughs) um (laughs) and the the banks don't really know they're uh being uh, extra risk averse as you said i think that's uh, sort of the key key isn't it they're just being being ultra careful in their actions yeah. even though those those actions may actually be self-fulfilling yes we will uh, we will have to wait and see yeah we've seen it before and no doubt we'll see it again and the news for anyone in property is that these are the, this is what we have to contend with and the, the the thing that i've always found across the years and i'm sure lots of people will agree is that ultimately it's about how we solve the problems because if we're presented with problems we got a big one on the Croydon flat that we're selling where we've had to knock 50 grand off the asking price, but that was because of a, an external wall survey. We're then left with choices. Do we hold? Do we still try and sell it to a cash buyer? We did, and we've got a cash buyer. So I think for anyone that, that if what comes out of this is, is don't see these as, as barriers or blocks. And I'm just trying to bring this back to the positive side of things, which is as we know, we've just got to keep putting one foot in front of the other, and, and the decision now lies with us which is we're going to try and sell the property again. We're, going to, we're not going to change the value. And we'll see what comes of that and keep moving forward. So I think these things will come up. And I think, as you've said, we, we can't know the future. We can make guesstimates and we can stay close to what's happening. But uh, in terms of control, we, we have limited control. So, yes, I, I will wish you luck in your, uh, your remarketing of, of that property and hope, Thank it, you. Uh, hope it sells again. It rapidly um <laughs> on the ews1 point so that's the external wall survey certificates there yeah, certification oh you did so um, well <laughs> it had to go wrong somewhere and i i've heard something recently that i think it's the government working with surveyors have now officially said that blocks of flats that don't have any external cladding don't need uh, any WS one form, so so that should alleviate concerns and and sort of mortgageability issues for for an awful lot. I think it's four hundred and fifty thousand people or something were supposedly affected by by this, where you had to get a, a form even though you didn't actually have any cladding. I mean, you do have to laugh, don't you? It just reminds me of Catch Twenty Two. If 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 anyone's read Catch Twenty Two by Joseph Heller, I mean, it's just it, it could be straight out of that book to say. If a building doesn't have any external cladding, you you now don't need uh, an external wall survey for cladding. Well, who knew? Although, to to add an extra twist to it, the article I was reading about this 
said that while while the government had announced this, um, the the immediate response from mortgage companies was, uh, "What? What? Nobody told us." Um, no, no, we, we we still need the forms. <laughs> uh, so, so, who knows? Hopefully, that will get sorted out as well, <laughs> imminently, um, and and it should be better news for for people trying to sell in in blocks of flats without any actual cladding. Let's hope so. Yes, indeed. And uh, and just just to finish up before we we conclude, we are out of time, which we are really. I, I've I just noticed while we were talking towards the end there that in this uh, podcast recording system that we use. Your your name today, which I think has probably been auto-generated rather than rather than you entering, is Energetic Astronaut. Which <laughs> just a brilliant name. Um, I, I love that. <laughs> I've got some energy today. Don't, not sure about the astronaut. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm not sure having too much energy as an astronaut would actually be be that useful because you can't go very far. I mean, if you're if you're in a rocket, that's very contained. If you're in the in the space station, you've got a bit more space. But, uh, but yeah, I don't know. Um, although I think they they have um, sort of exercise machines and things up in the, the space station, don't they? That they they use to actually keep keep fit, even though they obviously can't can't go very far. <laughs> I believe they do. Anyway, we're, we've been a little distracted, and I, I should let you uh, let you round up the end of the the podcast. Seems we're, we're we're over time. <laughs> yeah. Well, thanks everyone for listening. We we genuinely appreciate you listening to the show, and if you are enjoying it, please do leave us a rating or review on whichever podcast platform you listen to. We'd love it and appreciate it and uh, helps us get the message out there. And of course, as always, if you want to, I'm not sure what links we'll have from this show, but typically anything we talk about with any use of any links will be at thebusinessofproperty.com and you can see all of our back catalogue there as well. Until the next episode.